Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I'm very excited to welcome our guest today. This is Jonathan Yaussi, and he is the attorney and lifestyle engineer out of Payson, Utah. Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time to be on the episode today. And would you like to tell folks a little bit more about what it is that you do? Absolutely, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, yeah, I, I bill myself as Jonathan Yaussi, mentor, attorney, lifestyle engineer. I, I have been solving human problems for 25 years, the last 19 of them as a business attorney. I help uh, businesses and individuals solve really complex personal and legal problems that help them be more productive. I really love to see people figure out their lifestyle so that their business can support their lifestyle not the other way around. So that's what I'm really passionate about. I love, you and I had a chance to talk a few weeks ago, and I just absolutely love your perspective and your approach to how you help with the, the legal and the business side together to help people improve their lives. So I absolutely love that. Well, again, thank you for being on the show. All right, well, let's jump to those questions. Our first question, Jonathan, share with the audience a time when you had a little, maybe a little bit of a conflict with a coworker or a colleague and how you resolved it. Well, you know, it, it's amazing to me to think that some of the most irritating conflicts I've had with coworkers are times when they don't believe in themselves. And particularly those you supervise, when they don't believe in themselves and they're they're actually actively inviting you to micromanage them. I hate that. Mm. I, I, I generally think that, you know, hey, look, you, you found your way into the business, into the, the position you're in. Because someone thought you were brilliant. Someone thought you were talented. And no, uh, you know, we all, yeah, sure, we all feel like frauds from time to time. Uh, that imposter syndrome pops its ugly head up. But you really do have skills. And so what I found is one of the most irritating conflicts I have with people is when they're trying to say, well, I, I, I don't know the answer. And I have to push them and say, well, what do you think the answer could be? let's assume you did know the answer. Let's, let's draw on everything that you do have. And so the best way I've found with that is, is to be as patient and kind as I can and say, okay, let's assume you're the only person we can ask. Let's, let's assume that, that you really are the person that's got to make this decision. What are a couple possibilities? And what's amazing to me, once I frame it that way and just let it really sit with them, they'll come out with something usually that's way smarter than I would have come out with. So I, 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 I think the, the short answer to that question is, is I let, I let people um, stew in their own brilliance a little bit and realize that they, they actually do have answers and uh, that it's going to be okay if they brainstorm and, and they work on developing those answers and, and bringing out the brilliance that they were hired for. That's, that's really how I've tried to approach it. Not always perfect at that. Sometimes I do get irritated with people wanting the hand-holding, but, but ultimately that, that's been really successful when I employ that approach. I love that phrase that you use, let them stew in their own brilliance. I love that. That is a great way to approach things. Just let them think about it and you don't have to micromanage and hold their hands. That's a great comment. Thank you. Yeah, and we and Sean, we don't want to be micromanagers. We don't no. want it all put on our shoulders. We've all seen organizations where there, that is there, and it's so unhealthy where people are carbon copying 20 people on emails because 
no one really wants to make the decision alone because we don't trust each other. And so that, that for me is a pet peeve. Like we, we have to empower people and then expect them to really think. Oh, it's great comments. Great comments. All right. Question number two. I'm sure that you've heard Jonathan that people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. What is one thing that a leader can do to retain their talent a little bit longer? I, I think we have to understand that just like you can see through disingenuous um, half-truths in your personal and business life, we have to understand our employees and team members can too. If you don't care about them, they know. If you do care about them, they know. And the reality is, is we have to care about them. You know, over... Over 19 years practicing law, I've done so many different employee complaints. I've managed so many different partnership breakups. Um, over 18, you know, $1.8 billion worth of claims in the courts that are hotly contested. And almost every single time when we get people down to brass tacks and get them talking about what, what, what brought this on, this big, ugly, nasty court case, it was someone felt like someone else just didn't care about them, that they were just a cog in a machine. They were just a you know grain of rice in the bowl, if you will. And so it seems kind of prosaic, maybe oversimplified, but it's just true. You got to care about people. If you don't, you're going to get exposed. People are going to see that. And the other thing I would say is if you really do care about people, if you're doing that mental checklist and you're going, like, well, I care about people. Of course, they care about my team, but I've got I've got limited time. I've got limited resources. I I'm not their daddy. You might be thinking, or whatever else. You know, I'm not their mama. Um, I I acknowledge that, and I honor that. Come from one of the things that helps you shortcut towards people um, feeling that you care about them is learn about them. What motivates them? Are, are are they an employee or a team member that's motivated by money? Are they motivated by recognition? Are they motivated by a challenge? Do you understand like what it is that motivates them? You can throw money at a person who's a challenge person. They may even feel like, you know, slighted by that. You can throw recognition at a person who's a money person. They'll think, oh, I see what you're doing. You're, you're just trying to end run around actually valuing me with dollars. So take the time to learn people. That will actually shortcut the effort that it takes to show them that you care. Uh, and, and that loyalty goes a long way because if you think about it, like just going back to our personal lives, because I do that lifestyle engineering, if you think about it, it really does come down to that in your personal life. You want to surround yourself with people that care about you, people that are a net positive in your life. And of course, in organizations, we're looking at managing people up, managing them upward helping people be upwardly mobile, helping their productive be upwardly mobile, their productivity be upwardly mobile. They're also looking at their life experience. They want you as a manager to be making their life experience upwardly mobile. So I think if we can marry those two together, and if we're, if there's an understood partnership between the manager and the managed, there's more cooperation there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great comments. And you're absolutely right. Having that, uh, that caring for people and really showing them uh, the upward mobility and uh, managing them upward. I like that. Then that really, that's going to help keep them around longer because so much of, especially today's generation of work 
force, they're not as interested in money. Yeah, they still need it, but uh, they, they want a little more of a connection at work and connection with purpose, connection with the other people, connection with their leaders. All of that's critical. So great comments, Jonathan. Thank you so much. Thank All right. You. Question uh, question number three. What is one idea or suggestion that you have for leaders to build resilience within a team? So I think you just touched on it barely. Uh, connectivity. As, as humans, we're social creatures and we're emotional creatures. And I've learned that through practicing law. We, we like to flatter ourselves that we're we're mainly logical creatures with just a little bit of emotion, when in fact, the exact opposite is true. As, I, as I've studied people, and again, these are really successful people that are you know, making enormous amounts of money and huge impact in the world, uh, that we are predominantly emotional creatures with a little bit of logic that we mix in with that emotion. And uh, that having been said, uh, the connectivity that you have in your team, the culture that you have is the number one factor to whether people will stay happily engaged and therefore have a lot more strength and resilience in them to, to deal with uh, bad weeks. Cause there are gonna be times in organizations where there's just a lot of stress systemically in the organization, but that stress can be very closely tied with great opportunities. You need your people to be resilient. You need your people to be able to uh, to handle that stress and to be willing to handle that stress, a, a deeply connected team that feels cared about, that feels um, like they're not just connected with a, a sense of community, but they're also connected to the upside in the business, that, uh, that they're, they're part of the success and they benefit from the success. That connectivity is going to go a long way. So I, I would recommend surveying your team, asking them how they feel vis-a-vis connectivity and putting a specific company culture plan in place that deals with that. Great ideas. I really appreciate those because boy, resilience is something that especially in, in recent years has become a, a much bigger uh, topic than it used to be. So great comments, great ideas. All right. Question number four, is there someone that you would like to recognize that has had a positive influence or impact in your life? Absolutely. I, I thought about this uh, because there are so many people that have have been really influential in my life, and I, I've got to go back to a moment when I was uh, seventeen years old, and my father gave me a really important lesson on on honesty. I I was just this, if you can imagine, just this punk seventeen year old kid, uh, really mouthy and 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 just. I would, I was just a handful to deal with. And I remember when there was one time I actually got, uh, I got frustrated and I, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I, I punched the inside of our pickup truck windshield and it cracked. And so my, my dad asked me, he said, son, what happened to this windshield? And I said, Oh, I don't know. It must've been a rock chip or something. I, I, I lied. I, I lied to him because I was scared. And uh, he says, well, come here. So let me show you something. Did you know that these windshields have, two layers there's the outer glass and there's the inner glass and can you can you see how that outer glass is not broken and that you know of course i'm sheepish and he's like did you do something inside this car I'm like yeah i hit it why'd you do that because i was mad and then he, he he gave me a really important lesson he said son you know why people lie and and this has helped me in business a lot looking at this and i said well why is that and he says people lie because they're cowards it takes a lot of courage to just tell the truth. 
And that impacted me so deeply, um, especially going into a profession where you can imagine there's a lot of dishonesty in law and, and having to make that commitment to myself that I'm going to have the courage to tell the truth, even when it's ugly. I'm going to have the courage to tell my, my clients that maybe this isn't a good case. I'm not just going to take a bunch of money to fight a bad case for you. Um, and and I, I think that's really broadly applicable to uh, team building and, and just retention in general, being honest with people about when they're a good fit, when they're not being honest with yourself about, Hey, this, this, this job might not be a good fit for me, not trying to force it. There's so much temptation for us to be dishonest. So I, I, I look at that and, and that just completely changed my life from that point forward. And I watch, it's been a huge blessing to me because it's very relieving to not have to worry about when you're telling the truth and when you're not, because you're just telling the truth. It's, it's, it's refreshing. Well, thanks for recognizing your dad and, and how he helped you to understand that very important principle. And uh, I could not agree more. I think we all agree in principle, but all of us can do a little bit better job of being honest with ourselves and with the other people around us. So great yeah. comment. Sure takes courage. It does. It definitely does. All right. Our last question, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your first job. Well, believe it or not, my first job was just as a rank and file employee at Arby's. And I worked there for a while. My, my stalwart career at Arby's lasted a whole two weeks. I got to, I got to launder my shirt once, you know, at that time you, we were responsible for taking our, you know, uniform home and, and laundering. I, I took it back, but I, you know, one of the things I learned from Arby's that was really interesting is the importance of systems, things working in a uniform way at exact times and people being assigned roles. That was really important to me. And uh, I, I didn't stick around because, well, you know, I was a teenager and flighty at that time in my life, like I told you about, but I loved Arby's. I loved the smell. I loved seeing the people come in. I love watching people as they ordered food and just, just seeing like the human element of what's going on with people as they're taking care of one of the most basic human needs of just the ability to eat. And I, I, I really did enjoy it. That is really neat. I, I love Arby's. So next time we go to lunch, we'll have to go to Arby's. But uh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> it's really neat the lessons that we learned from those first few jobs. I mean, any job really, but especially for most of us, we're teenagers when we start that first job and have that first you know, kind of work experience. It's, it's such a fun thing to be able to uh, reflect back on that as we get a little bit further in life. Sure well, is. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the show today. How can people find you? The best way to find me is at my website, jonathanyowsey.com, or you can call me at 801-FREEDOM. That's 801-373-3366. I'm always willing to sit, stop, and, and take 15 minutes to chew the fat with anybody about a business problem. There's no cost for that. I just love talking to people about business. Very good. Thank you. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also invite you to follow or subscribe to the podcast, whether it's the audio version or the video version. We'd love to see you every week for every new episode that we release. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day.